This is Sunday Night Worship Service here at the Pine Little Pentecost Wednesday Church. Reverend Patsy Jones bringing the message, God's Valentine. To be speaking out of John and Romans. Appreciate the opportunity to be with you tonight. It's always a joy. I'm thankful that one day... Mercy walked in. I stood in the courtroom. The judge turned my way. It looks like you're guilty. Now what do
Aren't you thankful for mercy tonight? Amen, amen. Thank you for putting my stand in place. <laughs> they did my job. <laughs> Thank you. It's such a joy to be with you. We always look forward to being with y'all. Such an honor to fill the pulpit of this fine church with this church family. Thank the Lord for his goodness and mercy. And I love him tonight. How about you? I'm so thankful for mercy. I'm so thankful for God's grace and his goodness. After five long years of separation, Cindy and Chip Ultimus had lost hope. And they were now in the painful process of getting a divorce. They'd already begun building new relationships with other people. And without a warning, Chip's health suddenly began to deteriorate. And it deteriorated rapidly. And he wound up in the hospital diagnosed with kidney failure. Well, Cindy made the decision to donate a kidney to save her soon-to-be ex-husband's life. She offered her kidney with no strings attached. There was no written agreement asking for a better settlement when the divorce is final. There was nothing like that. Someone asked her, why would you do this? She said, there was no way I could walk around with two kidneys, and he had none. After all, he was still my husband. The transplant took place on February the 21st, one week after Valentine's Day in 2007. And as they were both recovering in the hospital, a surprising thing occurred. Chip said, being around each other so much in the hospital we slowly began to fall back in love. But the truth is, the process really began when Chip thought to himself one day, why in the world would I want to date somebody else when I have a woman who is willing to give a part of herself so that I can keep on living? Amen? So, with that Love, love being rebuilt. They got back together. They committed themselves back to one another. And as the story goes, they lived happily ever after. It's reported to be a true story by Fox News. So I want to ask you tonight, have you ever been loved like that? Sometimes love don't come in the shape of a heart. Love comes in the shape of a kidney sometimes. But I tell you what, we've been loved so much more than that. We've been loved, and sometimes it comes in the shape of a person because God didn't just give us a little part. He gave us his best. He gave, he loves us so much that he gave us the best that he have. And tonight that's the scripture we're going to bounce off of because that is God's Valentine to us tonight. John 3:16. you can quote it with me. You don't even have to read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the most well-known verse in the Bible. When did you learn that verse? In Sunday school? 
in Bible school, in vacation Bible school. I have known that verse ever since I was that little. When I could start learning and read, that verse sticks with us, and it is God's message. It is the heart of God expressed in one simple sentence. It's the golden text of the Bible, somebody said. It's also the ocean of love. It's the heart of the gospel, and it's the gospel that is rooted in God's love for all humanity. Somebody said that this is God's love letter written in blood, and it's addressed to all. Amen? An ad appeared in a newspaper many, many years ago, and the ad said, To my boy who left home Monday night, September the 15th. My darling boy, if you should see this, and I pray to my heavenly Father that you do, please let your distressed mother know where you are. And she signed it, Mother. There was, that's all it said, signed with one word, Mother. No name. There was nothing to let anybody know who this was addressed to, or who wrote it. It was just a mother reaching out for her son. There was no word of fault. It wasn't, I run you off, or why did you leave me? There was no reproach. There was no fault in the whole thing. There was no shame whatsoever. It was just a mother, and a mother's love reaching out to bring back that son who had walked away from her and her heart was broken. You know, we all know that mothers love their children, but a mother's love does not compare to God's love. It's the closest thing to God's love, but God's love is greater. And I believe John 3.16 is God's notice for all of those who have wandered off, for all those who have strayed. He's saying, whoever you are, wherever you are, come home because I love you so much. There is no shame. There is no reproach. Just love and acceptance for you to come home. Amen. This verse assures us us we're loved amen but it also lets us know we're wanted amen and it's better than those little notes that we used to get in school you remember anybody old as I am you remember when you used to go to school and they would uh, mama would buy you a box of valentines and sometimes it would probably have about 25 little valentines and the envelopes to go with it and the teacher always had a place in the in the school in the classroom for you to address those uh, little valentines and you fill them out put the name on the outside and the sign the valentine and stick it in everybody's little section well the normal thing is that everybody in the room got a valentine that was the idea nobody left out well, we did that, but every now and then we'd get there would be a year where you'd get this special little valentine. And on this valentine, you'd open it up, and it'd have the little sweet little valentine that it would be, whatever it was, little animal or whatever it was. But on the back side of that, it would say, do you like me? And then they would add, or well, we added, I did it too. Then we'd add a little box, two little boxes. Yes or no? Do you like me? Check yes or no. You know, 
God has sent us a valentine and there is no doubt that he loves us. There is no doubt that he likes us. He loves us more and than we can imagine. And we were all thrilled. I was thrilled to get those little valentines. And we'd always check yes or no and give it back to whoever had signed the valentine. And it was exciting to get that. But we've got this valentine that Jesus has said is to every one of us. Hallelujah. There is no question to if God loves us. The question really is, is how much does God love us? And we really have a baseline that we can gauge this question with because we find that word in the, in the verse that we're reading, a small word, God so loved. The word so addresses the question, how much? So emphasizes the greatness of his love. So says he loved the world to this degree, to this intensity. Another translation says, This is how much God loved. Amen. <laughs> the answer is to that question is how much did God love? It's this much. He gave his only begotten son. Jesus told Nicodemus that night, this is how much God loves you. He sent you me. Amen. He sent you me. Jesus is God's indescribable expression of the love that he has for the world. And who does he love? Well, he loves the world. He so loved the world. And his, his love is really indescribable is uncomprehendable and he's talking about the world and he's talking about this is all mankind all humanity you know this I'm not telling you anything you don't know but we do know that he's talking about humanity that's in total opposition to God we know he's talking about the humanity that actually hates God. He, we're talking, he's talking about humanity that dwells in darkness. Humanity that did not receive Jesus when he came. He's talking about humanity at its worst. And he didn't just love some people and leave the rest out. But he says he loves the entire world. He loves every nation. He loves every language. And he loves all kinds of people everywhere in this whole wide world. Fort Hancock is on the furthest tip of Sandy Hook, which reaches out into the Atlantic Ocean on the tip of New Jersey coast. It's now no longer a fort, but it is a memorial park. But during World War II, it was a military training center. And a civilian in that area, he was eager to bring the good news of the gospel to the thousands of young men who were stationed there. But the military authorities would not allow him access to the base. So he was not going to be denied, and he figured out a way. He asked a firm that specialized in making little novelties to make several thousand mirrors that were about three inches in diameter. And when he got those mirrors, on the back of each mirror, he had printed the words John 3.16. And he also had underneath 
the verse, John 3.16, he had printed, if you want to see who it is that God loves, look on the other side. So as each one of those soldier boys turned the mirror over, they looked at themselves and they saw who God loved. God loves you. God loves me. God loves us. He loves us all. That's who God loves. And then we go and we see how deep is his love. His love is so deep that he didn't just tell us he loved us. His love was so deep it moved him to action. And he actually showed us how much he loved us. He loved us so greatly that he gave. And that phrase, gave, he gave, that indicates suffering. It's suffering on the part of the giver. God the Father gave his only begotten son, Jesus. And only begotten, you all know this, only begotten is a word that means single. It means unique. It's one of a kind. And Jesus is uniquely God's son in a way that no one else is. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1 and 3 calls Jesus the express image of the image of God's person or the exact representation of his nature. There's no difference in their character. There's no difference in their essence or their attributes. Jesus shares God's very essence because Jesus is the God-man. He is the second person of the Godhead he is God the Son so when we see Jesus as God's only begotten Son there is nothing more precious than God's only begotten Son because there is no other only begotten Son God's love was so powerful and so deep that he offered up the most precious and beloved person to him for us. The Amplified says it like this. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized. Wow, he prizes us. He prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son. He gave the life of his son for the sake of us, the world. He, you know, when you think about it, watching us from God's viewpoint, he watches us as we manipulate and we hate and we use and we destroy. We really are a mess. We were a mess before we were changed, amen. Thank God we're not what we were, amen. But, but mankind was a mess. And watching us, God could have easily left us to our own destruction. He could have been repelled by all that he saw, all our wickedness and all of our sin. And he could have turned away in disgust and just walked off, leaving us in all of our misery. And we would have deserved it. Sad to say, but it's true. But God didn't. God was so intense 
in his compassion and his love for mankind that he made a way for you and I to get back to him. He gave the life of his son. In a book that's, uh, the name is called Written in Blood, Robert Coleman, he tells the story of a little boy whose sister needed a transfusion. The doctor explained that she had the same sickness that the little boy had just come over, got, uh, had got recovered from. And her only chance for recovery was a transfusion from somebody who had previously conquered that disease. And since they had the same rare blood type, he was a perfect uh, a donor for her blood. So he went to Johnny, and the doctor said, Johnny, would you give your blood to Mary? And Johnny looked at him, and his, he hesitated, and his little lip began to tremble. And then all of a sudden he smiled, and he said, For my sister, I sure will. So the two children were wheeled into the hospital room. Mary was pale, and she was thin. But Johnny was robust, and he was healthy. So, with their eyes met, and Johnny grinned at, at Mary. And as the nurse inserted the needle in Johnny's arm, Johnny's smile faded. And he watched that blood flow through the tube. And while the process was going, he just lay there quietly. But when it was almost over, he asked the doctor quietly, When will I die? And the doctor realized why Johnny's lip had trembled and why he had hesitated. He thought that if he gave his blood for it to his sister, that meant he had to die for her. He had to give his life. And in that brief moment that he had, Johnny had made a wonderful <laughs> decision. For my sister, sure. Johnny, fortunately, he didn't have to die to save his sister. But every one of us, we have a condition that is more serious than Mary's has ever been. And it required Jesus not to give just blood. It required him to give all his blood and to give his life. I'm so thankful that Jesus was willing to give his life for you and for me. Because his son, Jesus, went down into the death. He went down into death while the angry mob applauded. While the unjust rulers stood around smirking with approval. And while all the imperfect people stand around, stood around yelling and mocking and feeling justified, Jesus died. But God loved those angry crowds. He loved those imperfect people that they were and that we are. He loved that unjust rulers so much that Jesus died on that cross. And the fact is, Jesus said, I could have called all the, heaven, all the angels from heaven and stopped my arrest. He could have stopped it. God, the incredible God that we serve, the all-powerful creator, the mighty God, he could have stopped it all. But he didn't. Jesus died for us 
because he had to die for us. And the Bible says that God sent his sinless son to die in our place. And the reason he did that, he sent us to show us how, how much he loved us. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we're good. Not when we are proved by him. Not when we are covered by the blood of Jesus. But when we were at our worst. When we were at our ugliest. When we were at our messiest. Jesus died for us. And God sent him for that express purpose. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus endured the worst death possible. All while we were still sinners. And that's how great God's love is. He said he demonstrates it. He shows us how much he loves us. By giving us when we didn't deserve anything, he gave us Jesus. Amen. He sent us Jesus. So we can basically say Jesus is proof of God's love. Amen. 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 Just think about it. God gave him up for all of us. Romans 8 and 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. God could have spared his own son, but he didn't. There's another story I want to share with you. On a summer day in 1937, John Griffith, he was a controller of a drawbridge for a railroad across the Mississippi River. And that day he took his son, his eight-year-old son, Greg, with him to work. And they were sitting at no around noon. John had raised the bridge up to let some ships pass through. And he and Greg were eating their lunch out there on the observation desk, deck. But one day, about one o'clock, he heard the whistle. And it was off in the distance. So he knew it was coming and it would be here quickly. But it was the Memphis Express. And he had just reached where the master lever was to lower the bridge for the train to cross over the Mississippi River when he looked around for his son, Greg. And he was nowhere in sight. And as he looked, when he did locate his son, it made his heart freeze because Greg had left the observation tower and he had fallen off that tower into the massive gears that operated the bridge. And his leg was caught in the cogs of two of the main gears. That man stood there and he listened to that train as it came closer and closer. And fear and anxiety gripped him. And he was trying to figure out, what option do I have? And he, had, he came to the realization, I only have two. I can save my son or all these people on this train will perish as the train heads into the Mississippi River. Or I can sacrifice my son and save all those people on that train. He buried his head in his left arm. And he cried out 
and he pulled the lever and the bridge moved. He lost his son and those on the train never knew anything about it. They passed right over. They never knew that that father had just sacrificed his own son so that they could live. Save my son or save all these people. God stood at a decision like that one time. He didn't even hesitate. He didn't consider the options because he'd already had a plan. Hallelujah. And he gave his own son to save us all. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that God, who could have spared his own son, did not and saved us? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God gave the single greatest resource that heaven ever had for you and for me. He gave his son. And he loved us so much. And that verse teaches us that the end result, the reason he gave us is so that we won't die, but we'll live forever with him. He loves us so much that he wants us to spend eternity with him. He was willing to, to sacrifice his only begotten son. There is no other and none like him. And he was willing to sacrifice his only son so that you and I can share heaven with him or eternity with him forever and forever. Have you ever thought about how long eternity is? We can't grasp that, can we? But he wants us to spend that time with him. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm going to close with this one last story because we know God sent his ultimate valentine. But this story has a, is not even goes in the same section. But this one speaks volumes about our God. There's a story that is told, taught by Confucius. And Chinese missionaries heard this when they first began to evangelize in China. And the story goes, there was a young man. He had a wealthy father. One day, that young man stole a large portion of his father's wealth. And he ran away. He took the money and he went far away from home. And he wasted it in rebellious living. The years passed and finally all of the money was gone. And he was destitute. So he got a media, an intermediary to appeal to his father to let him come back again. And with open arms, his father accepted him right back into home and prepared for him a really big feast. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> now this is Confucius' story. And as they were sitting feasting together, all eyes were fixed on the sun. There was a big smile on the face of the father. And the son felt pretty good, but all of a sudden, his face contorted into an expression of horror. And he grabbed his throat. He realized he had been poisoned. And Confucius says, So shall it be 
with every son that dishonors his father. What a difference between Confucius's prodigal father and our father. Which father do you want? Which father do you want? God didn't send his son to die for us to save his honor. God loved us and he revealed his son to us to save us. Hallelujah. God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves us that much. And I'm so thankful that I have that kind of father. That my father loves me so much that he's willing to give everything he had. And the fact is, he's willing, he sent Jesus to save us. But did you know that he's also willing to let us walk away? He's willing to let us walk away from him and live our life in rebellion. Because that's what Jesus told us of the prodigal son for. It really should be called the prodigal prodigal son's father. It should be the story of the father. Because it's what God does for us. He allows us to walk away. But while we're gone, he stands watching. He stands waiting for us to come home. And when we do come home, his arms are open. He runs to us. He holds us close. And he accepts us. There is no condemnation. There is no shame. Just love and acceptance and I'm so glad that I serve a God like that aren't you aren't you glad God loves you that much there's no reprimand there's no shame there's nothing we got confidence in God's love for us amen the Bible teaches us that he loves us because he has shown us his love he has given us his valentine and all he says to us now is be mine be mine tonight. Would you pray with me? Oh, hallelujah. If you want to come up to the altar and pray with me, that'd be fine. If you want to stand and pray, whatever. Hallelujah. We want to pray together. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Father, we are so thankful. We are so thankful for your word that is rich and real. We are thankful for the love that you have expressed in in Jesus to us. Lord, we are so thankful that you are the loving Father and that you have called us and you are waiting for us to come home. Lord, you want us. You love us. Oh, God, we're so thankful. We're so thankful. We're so thankful, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your valentine. We do know that you love us with a love that we can't even fathom, with a love that is so deep that we have no way of figuring out. We have no way of knowing. The Pine Level Pentecost Winners Church Incorporated, copyright 2024.